The Bears and the Patriots have a dance-off. Duke Nukem runs out of gum and the Challenger explodes this week on Everybody, oh, hey, thirty twenty ten. So this is the this week going to be an epic tragedy. Oh boy! So this is our <laughs> weekly show about uh, what happened each week in pop culture thirty years ago, twenty years ago, ten years ago. I'm your host, Brett Elston. I'm Chris Antista, and that is the hammering of the construction next door. Uh, those things never pick up never? as much as okay. you think. So, but in case it does, yeah, there's construction next door. And I'm Henry Gilbert. Hi, I'm Diana Goodman, and together we are. 130? Voltron! <laughs> 130? Uh, but, uh, yeah, so as we do each week, we look at what happened uh, 30 years ago, 1986. And 20 I, years ago, 1996. I promise you I have no clips of the voice of Garfield and Donatello saying anything this week. We I promise. No American Rabbit. We don't need any more of that. Uh, and 10 years ago in 2006. And then whatever farted out the door in 2006, because, boy, that year's letting us down so far. <laughs> but uh, 1986... Um, for movies this week, uh, in the theater we have my chauffeur. Huh? You're looking at me. I, I, don't know what that I is. think that's does that's that's the one that starred James or Sam J. Jones from uh, Flash Gordon. What? One uh, one of these. None of these. Only, none of these proper nouns are registering with my brain. There's only two movies. This and again, week. if we need to reiterate, like. Uh, I, I was barely alive around this time, so yeah, I, I was five. Don't See, I mostly know when I when I look for the chauffeur, I know the Duran Duran song from 1982. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? A great, what is he talking? About? A great Duran Duran song. Uh, look up the <laughs> chauffeur. Uh, doesn't matter because also was the image maker. Don't know what that is, and uh, I didn't put these in here. Uh, someone else typed them yeah, in. Yeah, those me. Those are the only ones I, I oh, could find okay. for this week. It's January. Things yeah. are still kind of slow. Uh, but uh, the color purple is number one in oh. theaters after seven weeks in theaters. Wow. Uh, finally, I guess oh. word of mouth spread around. Probably got some nominations. They probably opened wide. Uh, yeah. Which I have never probably. seen, but have read. Huh. <laughs> it I, hurt Steven Spielberg's feelings that he was not nominated for Best Director that year. Yeah. Was that the launch of Whoopi Goldberg? I believe. As and a, Oprah. As, as and a, serious, Oprah, yeah. a serious actor, yes. Like Oprah didn't have a show yet? No, he, no she, she, she had, had a show. As an actress. Like, hmm. that, that's... I saw this as a joke on an Oprah uh, like special about her that her friend said only she could in her first movie be nominated for an Oscar. Only Oprah mm-hmm. would do that. Like, yeah. And uh, but it also had like some light lesbianism that some fans of the books were mad that they lightened up on in the movie. But the, anyway, yeah, budget of fifteen million made one hundred and forty-two. Holy wow. shit! In nineteen eighty-six, that is uh, cleaning up. Uh, originally released December eighteenth, nineteen eighty-five. And also uh, the Golden Globes. Last episode we talked about the '96 oh, and '06 Golden Globes because it's January and the dates will always like plus or minus a week, like the Oscars. So are. We're, we're learning this too that we're gonna we're gonna have like a three week period where we cover Golden Globes yeah. and Oscar ceremonies, yeah. probably. Uh, but in '86, uh, Out of Africa and Prissy's Honor. Prissy's yeah, Honor. Prissy's Honor. That's Prissy. a that's Prissy. a good movie. It's a... Like Forza. Prissy. Yeah, with the, <laughs> uh, Jack Nicholson and Kathleen Turner and the Mob. 
It's is it about boxing? No, it's about the mob and I'm, assassinating I'm asking, people. I'm genuinely curious. No. <laughs> it won a Golden Globe, Diana. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, arguably a comedy, question mark. It's, <laughs> if the Martian is, then that is. Yeah. No, it's uh, it, it's actually a lot of fun. Were, were Golden Globes even televised 30 years ago? Oh, like, yeah, I'm sure okay. they were. Because I I want to imagine that before the '90s they just didn't even air it, and there it was just this like drunken bacchanalia of of, <laughs> of Hollywood stars without their agents around it's, to tell the Golden Globes have always been sort of the fake populist awards. Mm-hmm. So but it's really done by a bunch of Frenchmen. Uh, best actor drama: John Voight, Runaway Train. Runaway Train. Mm-hmm. No. We never, all never, Soul Asylum or GTA. Never coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, musical comedy: Jack Nicholson, Pritzi's Honor. Uh, yep. Actress: Whoopi Goldberg, Color Purple. Kathleen Turner, Pritzi's Center. Best director John Huston. Houston, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> For what? For Pritzi's Honor. Pritzi's Honor. Oh, okay. Yeah, and his daughter Angelica probably also won. She won the Oscar. She's in it. Mm, it's back when Jack Nicholson and Angelica Houston were uh, together. Yeah. Uh, best original She's song. Not such a big fan of him now. Best original song uh, we mentioned in a prior episode of Thirty Twenty Ten. Say You Say Me, performed huh? by Lionel Richie oh. in the movie White Knights. Say All it right. together, naturally. Say you. Uh, best actor drama series on TV. Don Johnson uh, for Miami, Nash Bridges, Miami Vice. Oh, ah. decade Nash Bridges. <laughs> That's ninety six. Uh, best actor. Bill Cosby. What's mm-hmm. oh. a boring thing on all these when we talk about? We could talk about what was number one on TV, but it's always Cosby in '86, '85, yeah. mm-hmm. up until I hey. think '91, '92. This is weird. Best actress. Is, uh, two people are highlighted: Estelle Getty, Golden Girls, and Sybil Shepherd, Moonlighting. Did oh, wow. two people they win? They might have tied. Yeah. yeah. Wow. They're not unheard of. Wow. Uh, best drama: Murder She Wrote. Wow. Yeah. That's that's hard to call a drama. Is it? Uh, I mean, I know every someone dies every episode. I guess that's sad. <laughs> I just, I, I've always, I've never watched it without laughing, but not at it. Like it's clearly making me laugh. Well, it's an hour long. That's why it's a drama. Mm. I guess so. Ah, yes. Yeah, it's a fun show. Like I, as yeah. a kid, oh, yeah, I was yeah, always yeah. like, "Boo, old lady, stupid show." And put on like, the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, that's all I need. You were there with me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and when I grow up, I'm like, "Oh, this show's really good." Yeah, um, it's someday it's in the, very yeah. enjoyable. It's fine it's inoffensive that's why old people like it yeah angela lansbury thank god still alive yeah oh boy uh how is she still alive that is she plays an old lady in manchurian candidate (laughs) (laughs) is she in the 60s yes (laughs) how is this possible i guess how is this possible I watched uh, National Velvet a while back and it always cracks me up that Angela, <laughs> Angela Lansbury is Liz Taylor's older sister. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Damn. Uh, in much worse news this <laughs> week, uh, I need an awful segue button, but uh, uh, January 28, 1986, the Challenger explodes, uh, uh. which uh, is... It, amazing for many reasons. One, yeah, uh, wait, let's put this in the context for the kids out there. Yeah, um, least of which. Well, here's uh, this is one of the like the first real disasters seen on basically live yeah. TV. Yeah. yeah, and CNN for years was the only footage. Like for decades, was the only footage of this. This is one of my earliest memories too. Yeah, so I actually yeah. saw this. I was in Florida in a Fuddruckers, <laughs> <laughs> and I look over on the TV. Not to be confused with Rudfuckers, where yeah. you go to fuck Paul Rudd. Ooh, sign me up. <laughs> Man, I, a lot of people but, on that. Uh, uh, Stealing yeah. Dave's well, joke. Let's, let's put this in a little bit of context. Um, first of all, we'd never lost any astronauts in space. Yeah, we came, yeah. We came close on Apollo thirteen, mm-hmm. but uh, 
they made a big deal of like years in advance that it's like we're going to put a teacher in space. Mm-hmm. Reagan yeah. announced we're going to put a teacher in space, and it's it's going to be a great way to get the kids interested in science and technology because we got to beat the Russians Did- at shit. For seriously over a year in school, we learned everything about space and NASA. How do you become an astronaut? What do you do as an astronaut? Yeah. That's what this was the answer. What you wanted to be when you grew up, because space travel was yeah. still really interesting and fun. Well, and between Star Wars and Star Trek, yeah, we're both doing it's just like space in general was like this is a cool thing. And my parents yeah. are always happy to say like you, you need to watch this. I'm like whoa. Yeah. So I yep. definitely I I don't know. They didn't say it very clearly in the documentary. I am Big Bird. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> the the plan for the Challenger mission was to get someone representing education in space, right. and it was supposed to be Carol Spinney. Whoa. Big Bird was supposed to be on that fucking shuttle. Ooh. And oh like, God. and he had to... Ca- this is alluded to in the documentary. He had to cancel for scheduling reasons, and it became that teacher. Yeah. So, who, yeah, Chris, so uh, Chris, Chris McAuliffe. Chris McAuliffe, uh, yeah, was the payload specialist who would have been the first teacher in space, uh, media coverage. Like, it was, yeah, like you said, like, yeah, just it like was, she's going to be... A, a regular person can do this. This is yeah. an achievable and, goal. And they made it, like, a big part of, like, curriculum in school. Yeah. And so that was a big thing that they gathered all the school kids together... Mm. So we could all watch it live as the payoff to you know yeah. this year of, of learning about NASA and the space camp and all this stuff. And because of that, it's kind of, I've heard people say it's like the Kennedy assassination or 9-11 for like Generation yeah. Xers. Because we all were put in a room and made to watch yeah. it live. Yeah, the, the, the details say uh, 17% of Americans witnessed the launch live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, within hours, 85% of Americans wow. surveyed had heard about it. In wow. 1986... That's insane. There's no internet. There's no cell phones. Yeah. Well, there's tw- regular phones and long distance calls. Yeah. And like, well, and yeah, CNN and 24 hour news coverage was a very new thing yes. at that time too. Very new. And yeah. so there's actually the clip when you're yeah, they're boy. watching. It's not as thankfully not as dramatic as it. Not could, the, as, that as fake it, Hindenburg shit. Where the guy it, faked his reaction. Well, because for a moment you're not supposed. Yeah, because you don't you, know. You it's, don't it, know. It's, 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 a, it's a routine thing at this point. Yeah, yeah. we're launching another shuttle. Yeah, and it's within a minute. Yeah. So, looks big, like a couple of the uh, solid rocket boosters uh, blew away from the side of the shuttle. But shouldn't happen. In an explosion. Yeah. And uh, NASA countdown, people aren't talking anymore. There's just smoke everywhere. Flight controllers here looking very carefully at the situation. Obviously a major malfunction. And just dead air like that for quite a while, yeah. as like it the rockets are still so spinning around because they're still full wow. of fuel. Yeah, it's, it's really creepy. So, so sudden too. It's, it's you just going, it's going, it's going, and then there's some smoke, and then uh, booster over here, booster over there. Where did the shuttle go? You can't see it anymore. I, I can't believe everybody survived. I mean, shut up. Oh, wait. well, well, well that I, was one of the things where they were like, uh, the forces explosion likely didn't kill everyone. No. A lot of them died hitting the ocean. Oh my That's god. The, yeah, they were, the, the they thing were probably they were, alive going down. Yeah, the shuttle they were in was blown away from it it wasn't incinerated immediately it hit the water with such explosive force that, oh my god. that killed them yeah. and then it so, took them a couple months to find them oh yeah. my god so I had I saw yeah, this one as a kid it all hit the water I was four when it happened or geez no three and a half when it happened but uh, my parents taped it off TV or they were taping like news coverage of it I think it was one of those things they just got it. my dad just got a VCR and so I thought mm-hmm. this wow. is important I have to tape this so that's why I was taping the 9-11 stuff. when I was like <laughs> when I was like seven or six we I remember watching it and seeing like 
oh, here's a fun video of me and my little brother, <laughs> three in one, playing outside in our backyard. And then the next thing immediately is like the Challenger, blah, blah, blah. and it's like oh it's like an, it's thirty minutes of Challenger footage. So I don't know if you remember this because my memories are super tainted. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Florida, a few hours away from Cape Canaveral. Mm-hmm. Where they launch every space shuttle. I've never seen a space shuttle launch, but I've been to the, I've been there a number of times. I've watched rockets go up, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember being in preschool and this happening in the morning, mm-hmm. and everybody was talking about it. And because it's such a weird memory, because my memory is so vague. I'm very young, and because we're in Florida, like Houston, we I don't still don't know why that's the case. It launches from Florida, lands in Houston, mm-hmm. and they take the shuttle back. Mm-hmm. And just about every mission, they would fly over Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. So we just get this this circular tour of the space shuttle flying over our heads mm. would happen all the time. The tailgate it's, it's the cover of the phone book every year for <laughs> Tallahassee floor. I'm, I'm serious. So I saw the space shuttle fly over me a bunch. And so for a long time, I thought I saw it happen in person oh. because I, I like my, my young your brain, brain put it together that it's, I, that I, I saw it in person, but for we, we were kids and we didn't understand. And we were very much forced or coerced to mm. care about space a lot that year so anytime mm. we saw anything in the air with trailers on it for about a month everybody would shut up and just look up at the sky yeah. um, because we thought this was going to keep happening yeah because this mm. was like uh, not that many disasters had happened on live TV at this yeah. point like I, mm-hmm. I forget how many like an assassination like almost Reagan's assassination I mean, right, yeah, yeah when Reagan got shot and the attempted assassination of, like Gerald Ford mm-hmm. that happened mm-hmm. so yeah but, but there's just this point where you're like oh this is like the new normal where if we're filming all these high profile events people might die there's a camera everywhere you're gonna see. Yeah, it. and this is 30 years ago. Yeah, like, let yeah. alone now when everyone has a camera. Now, is, is that the, like it happened in the, the footage cut out or the commentators stopped commenting? No, they're like they've got a video feed. It's just there's mm-hmm. just smoke and debris, and they're there's, like, but they don't like, know what to do. No one, there, yeah, there's no precedence for this. So like the huh. the, the on air guys like wow. probably off mic like what the fuck do I? Yeah, do? what do I? They're all dead. Like yeah. what do I do? I, and, I'd say that the, the Hindenburg footage. Yeah, that's a guy. Who knows it's already happened and reacting to the footage, not the oh. instance. He's huh. he knows that the Hindenburg has gone down. He's playing it up mm. for the oh god, the humanity like mm. had prepared. From my understanding of it, like so, he, so after that, NASA took kind of a hit, right? Well, NASA yeah, this you can shut their shit down for yeah. years. Mm. We they didn't launch for another three something years, which now they'll never do again. Is yeah, this, 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 technically, this I mean, really did uh, put like a like because because part of the reason to do the teacher was like oh we, you know this needs a shot in the arm like. Like the space travel stuff, we beat mm-hmm. we beat everybody to the moon. Soviet Union yeah. is like Cold War still going, but like we're clearly like we're number one. We got we it. Like this yeah. is our thing. <laughs> so, but space, you know, we need to inject a little excitement into this. And then this happens when you show you shown the biggest spotlight you could, yeah. and it bl- literally blew up in your face. Yeah. So it's like. Uh, can we get more funding for a mission to Mars or something? Like, absolutely not. Uh, not for 30 years will you get that money. Yeah. you got to have an investigation, find out what happened. What happened was really kind of stupid and routine. Mm. Uh, they had been warned about it ahead of time. Really? O-ring these, failure. Yeah, the, o- the O-rings is sort of the a... The birth control thing? Yes. <laughs> no, it's, it's sort of like this rubberized gasket thing, and they told him, like, you know, in cold temperatures, it shrinks and it can fail, and some of the fuel can leak out while it's... Uh, firing and so then the fire goes in a different direction and blows up like no time for that I'm getting Big Bird Bird on board and so they launched it you know a temperature that was lower than they were told it was okay and oh right because there's like footage of them like it's it's icing over because it's so cold yeah it was like freezing that day or something and so but they had they had 
deleted so many times that they were under pressure to do it. Mm-hmm. Even though people kept telling them, I don't know if it's a good idea, but like no <laughs> one could step up and be like, no. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember I was uh, in my third grade class. We had been moved into another classroom because not every classroom had a, had TV. a TV. They, they were on the big wheels. TV. That's how expensive TVs there were. There were like yeah. three classrooms of kids in the room I was in, and we're all sitting there like, okay, let's watch it launch. Okay, wait, what? What? And there was just some kids started crying, and some kids were just stunned. Wow. I clearly remember the thought through my head was, the Russians deserve to win. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was a weird eight-year-old. Yeah, I was like turn turning red that early. I was like, man, we can't do shit. <laughs> They're gonna get us. We are gonna lose. But I guess for it like turned out at the same time, they were all just starving in Russia and couldn't yeah. do anything. Yeah, they were they were pretty fucked. So but. I think I, I was gonna say I was fascinated with space mm-hmm. during this period, but now I'm old enough to realize I wasn't fascinated with space. My dad was. And that's everything he bought me related to... I ate my food off of a placemat of, of constellations and planets, like a different one every every other day. Uh, I read... I, w- I was obsessed with space, and I was mm-hmm. I, I was really, really bummed out about this. I even yeah. more bummed out later as the... Because, like, every space shuttle launch was newsworthy at that point. And then yeah. I had, I've had to slowly live through this where, like, they don't even... They, when, before they stopped... The news didn't even cover a space shuttle launch no. anymore. I mean, they would just mention it. Like, oh, yeah. by the way, we launched 20, it. It didn't blow up, so we didn't need to be 20 years ago, that was the joke on yeah. Deep Space Homer on the Simpsons episode. Right. Just yeah. like, nobody, yeah, nobody cares. cares. Nobody cares. But yeah. we, I do remember caring a lot. This is the period of, of our generation caring a lot about space. Every mm-hmm. All the stupid public television edutainment, uh, edutainment shows I watched, LeVar mm-hmm. Burton's visiting the space. And if you've never... I still can't... I've seen the space shuttle in, up close and in, in person... But even cooler is the fucking truck that brings the space shuttle to the... It's the biggest machine on wheels you've oh, ever seen in your entire about. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, is, it is awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> well, well, also, speaking of space, this year was when L. Ron Hubbard ascended above his body oh, yeah. and went this, into outer space. This week, and, uh, he, he decided he didn't need a body anymore. He's just like, yep, don't need a body uh, anymore. Was he on the run at this point? No, he oh. was hiding out in America. Before still. we move on, uh, it's quick... It, Sort of rubbing salt in the wounds, but in Fourth uh, of July, twenty fourteen, I remember yeah. this happening and being and seeing it because I was on Tumblr uh, by then. But uh, uh, American Apparel reblogged a photo of the Challenger explosion on its Tumblr account on Fourth of July with the hashtag Smoke and hashtag Clouds uh, as an what? apparent attempt to commemorate Independence Day. They didn't know Holy shit. because the person was whoever was running the Tumblr oh account. Oh my god! Freaking millennial man! You, know, you can't use that. It, it is, it is that's weird. What, that is what we are. Yeah, we are technically. Again, uh, but, kids, if I ever say fucking millennials, yeah. I am a millennial. We're on the very relax. edge, the very very yeah. edge, but Come nonetheless, on. yeah, right between us is the divide. I'm mm. I'm on my own side of the table. I'm like just barely Generation X. No. Uh, yeah, we're at the very very edge of millennials, but nonetheless, yeah, someone born after '86 and clearly, I'm guessing, born after '90, mm-hmm. uh, just is like, hey, that's a cool photo yeah. of an explosion. I guess. I mean, and it's, it's kind like, of yeah, a, yeah, people beautiful died. bright blue sky. It's kind of an unforgettable mm-hmm. image for us, just in a yeah, world of I mean, like not a lot of entertainment that was shown everywhere. Yeah. At the end of the year, it made every recap of events of the year. It made events of the decade. I remember, like, challenge. I don't know. We couldn't stop talking about the challenge. What was the one after that? The Atlantis? Atlantic? What Another the, one did blow up. Well, Columbia yeah. on reentry did mm-hmm. yeah, disintegrated. Yeah, and then that there was, was Discovery, was... which I remember. I think launched in 06 again, and I remember because, or maybe it was 04. There was an 04 launch when I was in the TV station mm-hmm. when I worked at ABC. Like there was a shuttle launch, and I remember being excited because it was the first one that news covered at all. But some point in the future, it we'll is, get to that. It should be weird that we don't have space travel anymore. 
I'm on both sides of it. I was obsessed with it. I loved the movie Interstellar just for like this pornographic look of oh, like man. how <laughs> yeah. we how we could have been if we'd be focused on the space yeah. program. But I get it. That's a luxury you get when your nation is working very well. Yeah, that you get to fiddle with space. It's a lot of money. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's no economic advantage in the going to space. All we can do is ruin well, other planets. I'd say it's a lot Actually, of money, there but is. Uh, I mean, there is an advantage in that sure. you develop technology. Yeah. Yes. And you maybe solve... you can find ways to use it. Yeah. You'll solve a bunch of other. It's the same way like World War II solved so many infrastructure problems in America created the internet by making <laughs> like oh here's how we package food now because of world war like mm, everything that we, everything we have is built on the back of a war most likely but I am uh, short sighted and space I demand can... results and want to see America great again uh, I don't know what to tell you <laughs> Uh, drop, drop, I need, drop, I need drop, an easy drop, answer. I want an answer drop, right now. All right, come on, L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard ascended to Planet Bleep Lorp the end. <laughs> yeah, he had, well, as they put it, um, he decided to drop his body and uh, learned how to do it without a body to lead the research on another planet. And that's it. It was reported by David Miscavige, who is still the leader of Scientology yeah. 30 years later. If you haven't seen the documentary going clear, it's awesome. I have been fascinated mm-hmm. with Scientology for a long time. I try not to be too mean to other people's religions, but what did we say? Like Scientology as a religion hasn't done any shitty things. Every religion hasn't done. Mm-hmm. They've just they're on the accelerated course and have done it over a period of thirty years while our parents have been alive. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's a very very weird system they have in place there. And I, 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 I watching the documentary at this point, L. Ron Hubbard was on the run for tax. Evasion, yeah. avoidion, But then they beat the they they beat America. They are a tax free. Yeah, but way after he yeah. died, though, like that was like the mid the early nineties. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. The, I believe he was hopped up on pills at that time too. Dude, his fuck, when I see interviews, with him, his fucking cigarette stained teeth are oh. the grossest thing. Uh, I'm glad oh. no one has to look at anymore. It Fair is out. so disgusting. It looks like he's bitten to like a thousand tomatoes every time he talks. It doesn't bother <laughs> to hide. His ivories at all. It's disgusting. I just want to. I want to take like a fucking windshield scraper to them. It's so gross. Uh, TV. Uh, TV. Uh, Disney's The Living Seas. On yeah. January 24th, it was a special for Disney's The Living Seas on ABC. And mm-hmm. it was. Uh, I do have a clip for that. Friday is an entertainment spectacular with your favorite Disney friends. Plus John Ritter. Laura <laughs> and a Titanic discovery. Friday. Yeah, now that's, could you uh, could you find a worse clip of that? That's the only commercial for it off somebody's VHS. That's, uh, like that's it's an interesting. I don't know. I talk if you listen to our other shows like Laser Time. I talk a lot about my fascination with theme parks. Uh, right now, if you're a fan of theme parks, you're getting to watch Disney's California Adventure grow and change because it started as an earnest salute to California and is so stupid mm. and boring in its mm. presentation like everything here's this why are you celebrating Los Angeles in Los Angeles yeah, you didn't need to strange. rebuild a Golden Gate Bridge like so a couple like a hundred dollar flight away from it who cares and yeah. so it's slowly becoming something else Epcot uh, was struggling quite a bit having opened in 82 because right. I like, like it's a world's fair every day. It's a world's fair every day. Like the, the, when Disney was alive, he was planning it as a place people would actually live and experiment with new technology. Oh, and that, mm-hmm. that spirit lives on. In, in, I it, love Epcot. Uh, me too. So fun. But like it, even if you look at it from back then, it yeah. had no identity. It didn't know yeah. what its identity was, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's where the look at a fu- look at the future. Uh, Walt Disney would have hated this, sponsored by oil companies <laughs> and AT and T, and then there were the showcase of the world's culture. Yeah. It's two. Th- it was always two theme parks. It's a weird, like infinity symbol. Yeah, with the right side is food that you want to eat from every country, yeah. and the left side is 
Here's how we water plants. Here's a panoramic. You ever let's look at how much gas you could save if you filled your tires up. And all now the it's way. like here's here's the frozen. She- the Chevrolet presents uh, <laughs> yeah. build your own car. I'll never forget the animatronic robots of Ellen DeGeneres and Bill Nye the Science Guy almost falling. Oh. Into, is it still there? They're fighting a dinosaur. <laughs> so the Living Seas was an Epcot. Thing, it right? was a stab because, like, at, at around that time, SeaWorld was opening up and giving serious competition to Disney. Mm-hmm. So, like, Epcot was like, "Fuck you!" Here's I, like, oh, I love so you many want Disney, some ocean. I got some ocean. So many Disney attractions. I don't know this for a fact, but like, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea as a movie may have been started for a ride because Walt Disney Disneyland was competing with a theme park that no longer exists that had a submarine ride. Wow. So that so that. <laughs> And so what, what Living Seas opened up with was, I think you could walk on the Nautilus. This is, by the way, one of my favorite uh, Disney movies, 1954, yep. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Fucking love it. Love that movie. Well, and so that TV special was basically they, they put together a few classic Disney cartoons that involved the sea and oceans. And, and then, TV was boring. And then John Come Ritter, along and follow me and then to in, the bottom of the sea. And then in between those clips. didn't own ABC yet. No. They, they were buddies, but though. But they were buddies. Wonderful they were buddies. World of Disney no, ABC staked Disneyland. Uh-huh. That's that's how it became into being. And so John Ritter just shows you around the new thing. He's like, this place is cool if you went. I My grandfather, I, I'm just on the phone with my friend Charlie who's showing me pictures of Disneyland. My parents, I live four hours from Disney World. My parents never took me. My grandparents did. Grandfather lost his mind over living seas. It was, <laughs> it was Disney's first aquarium. There wasn't any natural animal portion to any Disney park at that point except for way old Disneyland when you got to ride donkeys and horses and what's right. yeah. through what's now Fantasyland. Alright, um, moving on. Can't! There's but so it's an much. Got, there's <laughs> way still more to so much about. to go. Oh, I love uh, Disney. Jesus God, Bob Hope's All-Star Super Bowl party. <laughs> oh, boy. Saturday night before the Super Bowl, oh, January 25th. Yeah. Did they prop him up on like a scare coaster? weekend with Bob Hope's All-Star Super Bowl party with Patriots Tony Eason and Bears Jim McMahon plus a smashing lineup of NFL greats. I still think I'm the greatest. And it's just the the one clip of like and a smashing lineup of NFL greats looked like the most like cheap Sonny and Cher sketch that starred only football players. That's who, exactly what those Bob Hope's TV specials were. I they were don't, like never seen they, one. they were like the cheapest variety show. I can't mm. even think of anything cheap enough to compare it to, <laughs> except so for seventies variety shows. They were such garbage looking people. They were yeah. so cheap and. stupid. Stupid. Mm. Speaking <laughs> of the Super Bowl. All right, so Super yeah. Bowl 20, January 26th, the Bears versus the, Bears. the Patriots. The Bears. The Bears. 46 we to 10. talk more about sports and football than Disney's first aquarium. I will be very upset. <laughs> well, Super Bowl 20 in 1986 is a major Super Bowl that informed a lot of pop culture for us later the on. Bears. As an Illinoisan. Uh... So this is the only time the Chicago Bears have won a Super Bowl. In really? Next year... We'll talk about their 2007 loss in their only other Super Bowl appearance yep. in 2007 to the Colts. Soldier but, Field. But they did it, it. Was it because they recorded the Super Bowl shuffle the year before? Yes. It begins with what is clearly a real drum set. Oh, <laughs> not sure about that. We're just here to do the Super Bowl show. 
Let's well, they called me sweetness, and I like to dance. Running the ball is like Mickey Moore Mance. We had the goal since training camp to give Chicago a Super Bowl champ. And we're not doing this because we're greedy. The Bears are doing it to feed the needy. We didn't it come was here to yeah. look for trouble. We just come here to do the Super Bowl shop. This is Speedy Willie. All right, it's going to go. You know. I hey. like running, but I love to get the pass. I practice all day and dance all night. I got to get ready for the Sunday fight. Now, I'm as this guy loves as it. a good. Girl. I dance a little funky, so watch me, girl. There's no one here that doesn't like me. My Super Bowl shuffle will set you free. Uh, his, was, his, this guy danced. That was my make, least favorite. There's no one here who doesn't like me. <laughs> I don't want to make a racial statement, but the white ra- the, the white guys on the team are way worse at singing this than the black guys. Yeah, so. I would have been a great rapper during uh, this period. Yeah, though. Hey, here's one. Let me find this guy. I'm the punky QB known as McMahon. When I hit the turf, I've got no plan. I just throw my body all over the field. I can't dance, but I can throw the field. I motivate the cats. field with I field, like field idiot. I play so cool, I aim to please. That's why you all got here on the double to catch me doing the Super Bowl shuffle. I'm yeah, what, you, what you couldn't see is William the Refrigerator Perry dump his books right when he was done. Because that <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I wanted to do. So that line at the very start from Sweetness was that like they're not doing this because they're greedy. They're doing it to feed the needy. Is because a, it was a charity single. Like, and they it, didn't do it, it to make It charted. It charted. Like, this was played on the radio. Well, they made the promise not they'd have a... in Chicago. I remember it yeah. in L.A. But back, the, we had our own football teams back then. Oh, yeah. Two and, of you, them. and you will again soon. I okay. love the, uh, the upload for this. Uh, the, the, the about says, stop crying about copyrights when you're hogging it in the closet not allowing anyone to see it at all take that man Chicago. I, uh, I really agree like, yeah. making this the star wars holiday special of so Super Bowl in songs. 1986 this was if you remember from snl the bill swirsky's uh bears, Club, nah, bears. Nah, bears. creation Dick of Cuff. robert smigel and bob odenkirk yeah. who didn't mm-hmm. get to play the character he created Ditka, wow. the bears mm-hmm. all that stuff that that's from this this mm-hmm. was this was the height of yeah. bears Power they That's... they win and they win the most lopsided mm-hmm. win for many mm-hmm. years later. Uh, yeah, I think forty six to ten. Forty six. Yeah, My the Niners. only context Niners. is Bill Swarsky super Crushed fans. But also in the same yeah. Super Bowl, the players on the field, the, the halftime the show, dreaming of being out there himself someday. It's a feeling that's hard to describe, and when you can't say it with words, <laughs> you can always say it with your feet. Hey. <laughs> Oh man! What, what are we seeing here? This looks like Logan's run. Uh, so this is up with people. Yes, this is a real thing. So when a Simpsons we, joke. If you've seen on the Simpsons in '91 when they're making fun of the Super Bowl, I think most of oh, it is from this. Because it was hooray for everything. Hooray, hooray, hooray for everything is the Simpsons. It looks like they're dancing on the thing in Logan's run that decides when people die. <laughs> But this has everything on the Simpsons. they know they're in the clear. <laughs> on the Simpsons, it took place in the Superdome, the joke, which is where this Super Bowl took place. They had up with people instead of hooray for everything. And even that thing with the fucking robot. Like, this makes you wish, like, oh, I, I want Paul McCartney or Bruce Springsteen. Like, that's, this is garbage. Also, one of my favorite Simpsons jokes is the Super Bowl halftime show where Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man get married. <laughs> that's pretty good, too, yes. Wait, there's people on the field shaped as giant footprints, and they're moving back and forth and back it's and It's no forth. left shark. The- yeah, there can't be this many musicians. <laughs> like, there's just so many people that was, everywhere. That was well, that part was, of the eighties. You had to have a trombone with, section. No, that was up with people's things. Like, there's a big group of people 
the, go, the polyphonic spree of 80s music. Yeah. Go, go to the about 1217, near the end of 121750, I think. You're telling me there's 12 minutes of this shit? No, this is great. Oh, boy. This part followed up with... The Super Bowl was born in the USA. <laughs> and here it is 20 years later being seen around the world. It was on the wave of the I future. I think this is then. the guy who it's says uh, G.I. Joe is a, <laughs> a global organization. <laughs> well, so this was the 20th anniversary. One of the things America the, didn't steal. Now we're at the 50th anniversary of the Super Bowl. This is the 20th anniversary. They gave a special award to Bart Starr, who was the MVP of the first ever Super Bowl. Oh, is no. he still alive? Yeah. I don't think he That's is. That's impossible. All right, wrapping this up. Oh, wait, uh, but, but so then the other thing they make fun of on The Simpsons is that what premieres after the Super Bowl? The last a ter- precinct. A terrible TV show that is canceled very quickly. <laughs> and that is the case. Like, on The Simpsons, it was Troy McClure talking about, Handle with care. With me <laughs> as a retired... Yeah, and so... This is the city. These are the police. And this is the last precinct. It takes a special kind of cop. Yabba-dabba-doo. With nerves of steel. <laughs> Tackle crime in the streets. I love this. The last precinct premiering right after. Wait, so, he was just about to say premiering right after the Super Bowl. I gathered that from the context of the conversation. <laughs> oh, anyway, man, but uh, yeah, this looks like Police Academy, the TV show. It is. Yeah. So it was an hour-long comedy created by Stephen J. Cannell, who uh-huh. did, like, if you've seen... Uh, okay, no, have you ever seen... He was, the, like, one of the kings of, of 80s te- television. Yeah, uh, his, I think... Name you ever one. saw a show that ended with a guy at a typewriter and then yes. oh, the that's, right. that's Stephen J. Cannell. Okay, production. never okay. mind. My this was his only comedy, and you can see why it was his only one. It lasted eight episodes it was basically trying to be from what i can tell as a police squad you can't find it anywhere like it was eight episodes and nick at night never had it nobody uh, fucking showed it you would like to know more on this subject i can't believe laser time did a whole subject called the post game show mm-hmm. i'm not interested in That's sports right. so we did things that premiered after the super bowl i believe the first thing right. was lassie uh, the, the, the longest running thing is family guy yep. mm-hmm. And so Adam West was like the biggest star in this thing. Also, James sure. Cromwell West. was on it, oh, wow. and uh, Ernie Hudson. Hey, and uh, Little that, baby Ernie and Hudson. Apparently, there was like one cop is an Elvis impersonator all the time. <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta and keep another, moving. There's another so much was, more show to do. And Holy another cop shit. was transgender also on the show. American Music Awards, January yes. 27th. Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA, Power of Love, Cool Woo. in the Gang. Paul McCartney gets awarded that. All yeah. good stuff. Music. <laughs> That's what Friends Are For is still number one, and it yeah. will be for uh, quite a while. Smaller um, world. Dion Warwick, said, uh, Dion Warwick said, you have to be granite not to want to help people with AIDS. Yeah. yeah granite? Reagan. Made of stone. Was this, I get made of was stone. Was this on an episode of the Flintstones? <laughs> <laughs> you have to be John Granite. You have a heart of granite, Spawn. <laughs> uh, albums this week in 86 include Seventh Star from Black Sabbath. Does humor belong in music? From Frank Zappa. <laughs> God, Frank Zappa. God damn it, Frank Zappa. I love uh, you. <laughs> which was uh, apparently uh, the first album of his released on CD only. Really? Wow. It seems like someone who would have fought Nobody that. Nobody had yeah. CD players in 86. Yeah, that seems that strange. That is crazy. Well, that's the mothers of invention for you. Uh, but, uh, of course, and it's all about CD players. We'll go out with a couple more verses of Super Bowl Shuffle. And uh, <laughs> when, we, when we come back, 1996, I promise... They say Jimbo is our man. If Jimmy can't do it, I sure can. This is Steve, and it's no wonder. I run like lightning, pass like thunder. So bring on Atlanta, bring on Dallas. This is for Mike and Papa Bear Hallas. But I'm not here, the feathers ruffle. I just came here to do the Super Bowl shuffle. I'm L.A. Mike, and I play it cool. The 
They don't sneak by because I'm no fool. I fly on the field and get on down. Everybody knows I don't mess around. I can break them, shake them any time of day. I like to steal it and make them pay. So please don't try to beat my hustle because I'm just here to do Super Bowl shuffle. Welcome to 302010. Welcome. You already passed the first segment. Why am I saying that? Yeah, this is the break, Chris. It is the break. This it's is where we tell people that thank you for listening. The four of you who don't know who we are and what we do, we are part of Laser Time, lasertimepodcast.com. We do like eight other podcasts, some of which you might be interested in. Yes, we do a video game music podcast that I mentioned, which is VJ Empire. Indeed. We also do a comic book podcast with called Cape Crisis, where we talk about each week a superhero or a storyline and what? What? explain the hell out of it. Now, wait. Do you want to know all about Swamp Thing, Chris? Yes. Ah, uh, well, man, have I got a show for you. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. Are you telling me this this entire website and platform does things involving pop culture? I know this seems like a magical fantasy Holy creature. Do oh, you think they might be talking about X-Files this week? Oh, man. Is there a podcast that did X-Files? Oh, we did. Oh, man. It's X-Files Files. It's oh, that on was there. me. Lasertimepodcast.com. Yes, you shepherded it because I only watched the, the uh, grandiose concept episodes. Yeah. Well, with that, we wrote a whole article about those Indeed. on Lasertimepodcast.com. But we also do Video Game Apocalypse, a video game podcast, yes. talking Simpsons, going through chronologically each episode of The I Simpsons. I want to be a new best friend on uh, through earbuds. Through earbuds, yes. Any topic you can think of. If there's a topic we're not covering, we're out of ideas, so we don't have any more time. I have an idea. We can't do anymore. The Simpsons. We already do it. Oh my god! Are and you every episode is infused with Simpsons. We do everything on this network. Talking Simpsons is the chronological Simpsons show. And if you like the format of this show, yeah. we do something similar at the beginning of Talking Simpsons. Yeah. And if you're if you're lusting after this kind of look at uh, 1990 and 91, boy, are you in luck because we're in the middle of the second season yeah. of Talking Simpsons. And this all comes to you thanks to your efforts at patreon.com slash laser time, which is where you can support the show uh, through any amount of donation. Any amount yes. helps. But at the $5 level, you will unlock special tiers. $10 level, even more. The first season of Talking Simpsons, which yes. we, we wanted to start with the stuff everybody was more familiar with, but we wanted to go through the first season too, which was so much fun. Yes. People are the wrong color, the wrong voice. Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah, and that's still locked behind the old Patreon wall. You make it sound so pejorative, but I guess that's the way it's got to be. <laughs> but uh, again, but this show was also like a, a tier that had to be unlocked. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did it, so we're going to give you the show every week. And we're glad people are listening. Give us a rating on iTunes. Exactly, follow us yes. on Twitter, Latest Time Show, Latest Time Podcast, Latest Time Network on YouTube. All that good stuff. And now back to the rest of 30, 20, 10. Well, sir, we're two hours and 45 minutes into the pregame show, and we've got ourselves a special guest. Actor Troy McClure, whose new sitcom is premiering tonight, coincidentally enough, right after the game. Thanks, Brett. My new show is called Handle with Care. I play Jack Handle, a retired cop who shares an apartment with a retired criminal. We're the original odd couple. (laughs) What made you want to do a situation comedy? Well, I fell in love with the script, Brett. And my recent trouble with the IRS sealed the deal. Sure to be a banner year for Nintendo stockholders. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the Virtual Boy. Uh, 1996. The music bringing us in is from Duke Nukem 3D. Holly- oh. Hollywood Holocaust. Really? Is the name of the stage, I think. Okay. Uh, I say, that's a pretty rough title. Yeah. Take uh, that, Hollywood, and all you liberals. January 26th, uh, 1996. Uh, 3D Realms, notable because uh, at the time... Uh, man, i got to tone down the... Duke Nukem over here mm-hmm. uh, because well, at the time like Doom and Heretic and mm-hmm. like other shooters at the time I think maybe Hexen was Hexen. out by now I can't remember but like they were all fantasy or somehow like even Doom was sci-fi in a sense of like claustrophobic and alien mm-hmm. or, or whatever but Duke was like a, a movie trope dude running around with, yeah. without a care for the in the world and basically yeah. being a cartoon character a pretty decent Jack Burton game <laughs> Well, he's like Ash, basically. Yeah, like, 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 like an exa- well, but he's also Roddy Piper from They Live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like an exaggerated form of both of them turned into like, if the if the irreverence and uh, uh, eat my shortsness of the nineties could could <laughs> could turn Ash even and be a video game. Yeah. Well, also like aggressive masculinity yeah, in the yeah. face of of political correctness. Like yeah. that was that was him too. But also the game is just such an amazing like playground. It, that's that's what I think. Holds up so well of Apogee stuff. It was just like, oh yeah, here's here's a mirror. You will see yourself. You can pee in this you can thing. Piss in the toilet. You can and... you can shoot these billiards and they'll fall in things. Like it was. Yeah. That's how I remember people talking about it. Like well, things, yeah, things we always thought we could do in a first person shooter. We yeah, now can do. And it was little things like like yeah. Instead of like it's a it's a base on the moon or mm-hmm. it's an ancient dungeon. It's like oh, it's like a strip club or yeah. it's a movie theater <laughs> that you can turn the projection thing on and yeah. open these doors mm-hmm. and that you could fiddle with things. You and, shrink guys and step on them. Yeah, goofy <laughs> weapons, a jetpack. You could look up and down, which actually made. Like the graphics were drawn in 3D correctly, so there was verticality. Because like Doom, when you're making levels in Doom, nothing can actually overlap. Like you can't, oh, you can't man. put things like cantilevered. You can't do things like that. So like, if you tried to make Doom where you would look up, like the things aren't. I don't think it can draw from the perspective of mm. like I'm not looking at it flat. I'm I can't look at things like 45 degrees. Really? So mm. Duke Nukem could do that. So it just felt a little tighter and more like a 3D world. And with they, this very juvenile sense of humor, I mean, which as a 15 year old was just great. What I wanted. Oh my god, yeah! For all my friends too, they all loved it. They talked it up all the time. How awesome Duke was! All his funny lines, and we hadn't yet seen Evil Dead or They Live or everything he ripped off, which he ripped off hardcore. Yeah. Apogee was unapologetic about that, and that was also the problem it's time for him to kick ass and chew bubble gum. And I'm all out of gum. Roddy Piper, John, John Carpenter. Well, the actor is like he, John he rips Sinclair's off uh, Arlie Ermey's Sergeant Hartman character from Full Metal Jacket. I'm gonna rip your head off and shit down your neck, which he does on camera. Yeah, and it would <laughs> only take 13 years before the sequel would finally come out. And that's, I think that's another thing about the. Are you playing a clip? I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking shoots somebody in the chest. That, that transition in him being a murderer is so fucking Yeah, it's funny. just so great. I and love... He well, is, this is just aliens. talking about they live now. But yeah, when yeah. he takes the glasses off and he realizes it, he's like... You're a bugly lady. I knew it all along. Yep, that makes sense. And then he picks up a shotgun and just starts murdering people left and right. Anyway, yeah, Duke Nukem was, was a pretty big deal. It's now, a, and now it's like a joke. It is a total joke. But it is a joke. Yeah, I, I did delete Duke Nukem. 
to, I deleted Duke Nukem from my Vita just yesterday to make room for Persona. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, like Duke Nukem went from like, oh, this is the new hot thing, and then it's like, well, here's some third person spinoffs. Oh, it was on... a horrible side scroller before that. Well, yeah, Duke Nukem one and two. Yeah, uh, and then 3D was this, and then it. Like, it's an expansion. Here's a PlayStation one. Here's an N64 one. Yeah. These third person games. No, 3D Realms. This built their legacy so much. They had to. Be, they made like two more games in 20 years. Coasting yeah. on the legacy and yeah. love of Duke Nukem, the original. I, mean, I, I don't have much context for it because I don't Duke love Duke Nukem Forever is an entire podcast. Totally, like, that's, that, yeah. that's but that's that's they're a privately held company with no stockholders, so they couldn't be forced to make things, and they could subsist off of like re-releasing Duke Nukem in all these places. I mean, there were multiple stories about how the guy who ran the company mm-hmm. he just kept chasing the sun, basically of like, all right, we're I think we got something we could ship, and then. A competitor usually id would put out a new thing. He's like, "This looks Scrap better everything. than our game. Scrap it all and start over." Yep. Like that. by the, the time kind of... Forever came out, it's like this game plays like a two thousand shooter. Yeah, when, when it only... was supposed to come out the first time. When it only came out because Three D Realms shut down, and then um, the Borderlands people bought it. Randy and... Pitch for who? Yeah. Former Three yeah, D we Realms Apogee employee. Like, oh, you were at PAX when that got announced. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. There. yeah. Because I didn't know it got announced until I saw it. Yeah. Well, it got announced, and then we went there, and it was playable. But yeah. also out this week on the Saturn, Guardian Heroes? Yeah! Top five awesome. Saturn game for me, baby. Uh, tell me about Guardian Heroes, Hank. Treasure, the developers of Gunstar Heroes for the Genesis, decided to make a spiritual sequel that would be a kind of new generation beat-em-up. So mm-hmm. it's it's in the style of Final Fight and all that, but it is... It has leveling. It has it has RPG elements, which change everything. And it also has an incredible branching storyline that, like, me and my brother played it all the time on the on the Saturn. To beat the game would only take a couple hours, but you basically had 30 different pathways to choose from. Like, wow. we played so many times. And it was way ahead of the curve of having a Smash Brothers style. It was so messy, but they created a Smash Brothers style six play, eight player wow. uh, action thing of just, like, Anything that was a sprite in the game was made into a fighter, and it, it didn't oh. work. But it was it was amazing that they tried. Yeah, yeah. I just said if you didn't know, the Saturn was what what I like to call the end of sprites, like the yeah. end of like true sp- innovation sprites before everybody went three D. And I think yeah. it was on the three sixty and, and PS three. I think it's still it, I think is, it, got it was. Yeah. I don't know if it's still I, available. I gotta pick it. I haven't picked it up yet. Moving on to movies. Number one at the box office this week is Mr. Holland's Opus. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw that one. Uh, marketed heavily as the next Forrest Gump. Too yes. bad. Yeah. Uh, debuted in December 95, and then uh, after, I think, uh, thir- what, 12 Monkeys was uh, our prior 90s mm-hmm. movie, uh, number one. But Mr. Holland's Opus, mm-hmm. which I think I saw never, eventually. I watched in the theater. I've never rewatched it. I don't remember a fucking word so of I it. I saw it on a plane. I took band <laughs> class, and so we oh, watched no. it in band class one time. I saw it in theaters. and Wait, the- Did your band teacher just come in and be like, you all better appreciate me? Well, yeah. while the band teacher was out for two weeks, like we watched <laughs> it in two chunks, and... Uh, <sighs> There's a lot. So our band teacher, band teachers are dweebs. That's what a band teacher is. And ours was, ours certainly was, our regular one. We're watching the film and there's a line in it where it's like after his first day as a teacher and his wife is sexing him up. And then she, you don't see anything, but she says, uh, do you think your students know about you? Uh, could imagine you having sex? Like something to that line. <laughs> and then all of us were just like, Bleh! we're now imagining our teacher doing it. Yuck. You think your students know the size of the dick you're playing with, Buster Brown? It's, I don't it's, know what movie it's this is. It's definitely a Ford. Yeah, I'm sorry. Take place. Was this 1946? It's definitely a Ford. 
it's definitely a Forrest Gumpsy type thing because it basically uh, just jumps around the years. Let's appeal to boomers. One, yeah, oh, totally. One one whole segment of the film is just about like how sad he is when um, John Lennon is murdered, and his son. By the way, he has a deaf son in the movie. What? How great writing is that? How right? ironic. Yeah. Did uh did we get our uh. Forrest Gump slash uh, Big Chill slash I don't know Scott Pilgrim mm. uh, yeah Scott Pilgrim <laughs> yeah. is somehow the movie I'm like I feel like that's Scott it. Pilgrim but if it anything. should jump around in time though it should like start in 96 mm. and then go mm. to 2006 and then in now yeah. I see what you're Somebody saying should I think die. that's what this yeah. show is I guess <laughs> we are the new Forrest Gump we are oh. it doesn't have the success of Mr. Holland's Opus that's, that's right in the next uh, segment you'll hear where I ran a marathon and invented the seatbelt <laughs> <laughs> um also, Bed of Roses. Oh, fuck that movie. What is... <laughs> I don't know. Is, no, here's here's the only reason that I know this, because uh, I lived in the L.A. area. Um, every now and then, coming out of a movie theater, there'd be some guy standing there, I'm like, hey, you want to see a free movie? And then you get in his van, and then a couple weeks later, you come back. <laughs> but after the oil sheiks were done with you. But <laughs> actually... Too early was, to make a bang bus joke. Actually, it was to go see previews of movies that were not quite finished. They're not quite mm. out to give Test your notes. Screening. Test screening. So you were I got ain't it cool re- like reviews. Yeah. Early so night. I I got to go to a test screening of Bed of Roses back when it was called Aquila and the King of Plants. Whoa! <laughs> Which is the dumbest title, and it's about Mary Stuart Masterson and Christian Slater, and she's an uptight businesswoman and he is a, a Jack Nicholson impersonator a f- Jack Nicholson impersonating florist of some uh, kind who reawakens her sexuality uh, no cause it's too PG for that it's just it was really bad and I remember being like really insulted cause she's gotta have a sassy brunette best friend who's sarcastic and it was just so that's, dumb. It's also funny that 20 years ago it would have been the black friend or the gay friend. Now it's just like, she's a brunette. Yeah, she's it was, she was like the sassy Jewish friend. Yeah. Like, yeah. Good. You never see this on the big screen. Great for our people. <laughs> yeah. So I have a very oddly specific hatred of that movie. For a movie that no one cares about. Never heard of it. Chris, I can't believe uh, after the last episode that we did. Uh, this American is, Rabbit, we're doing this again? No, Strangely Relevant, also out this week. As kids, they were the best of enemies. Daisy. Now they're all grown up. <laughs> I hope that hurts. And look how far they've come. No, I'm not a little kid anymore. Really? Well, then how come you act like one? I am not acting. Am so? I am not. Am so? Am not. I may have been your flunky before, Fang. But not anymore. Rick Moranis? Oh, yes. Oh, dude. Yes. This is a big bully. Big bully. Rick Moranis. Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold. It's like one of his last movies. It is. It, it's a writer on the same time as Little Giants. Which I only have like a, a memory of because if you're reading comics, this was like advertised in every comic book. Like, why is? Chris, you, uh, you just missed it. So you say he hounds you for no apparent reason. That's our friend Don Knotts, who's also Don in Knotts! The oh, double shot of Don Knotts, two episodes in a row! <laughs> yes! Yes! Hopefully that, right, that'll uh, win this show in Maybe Amy. Maybe there's a, a little bit more Don Knotts here. Uh... But why? <laughs> well, he's been picking on me. Picking on you? That's the least he's Nazi the, he's, he's ever the principal, said. right? The least he's Nazi. Nazi. <laughs> Nazi. <laughs> Uh, something about uh, that I didn't want to see that film then. I I wasn't bullied that much as a kid, but for some reason, watching bullies in film, it just makes me tense up, and it's mm. it's not fun. Especially like there's there's a 
not funny, not non-comedic version of this very same thing in the first episode of the for, of season one of Fargo, yeah. where with Lester Nygaard being uh, wow. horribly beaten by his old, former bully, oh, his former bully, former who, and current he, bully, and who his he then murders children. Too. Yeah, and his Ugh. children. Yeah, fuck those kids too, man. Uh, this movie looks terrible. It, oh, it's absolutely, absolutely awful. Yeah. I have I've definitely seen it. And you know um, why Tom Arnold was called box office poison? This is another example of why. I think okay in stu- true lies. I think the stupids is where it went. It was like, yeah, that's the end of it. But with him and Roseanne in a van and they drive around or something. What? Like, I were thinking of a scene in maybe it was Freddy Six. I look. No. I I think Tom Arnold <laughs> should not star in anything. At least in the nineties, he was being given this garbage to appear in. He was real funny and uh, he was good in this film, Happy Endings. He was good in that, and he's uh, TV. Well, yeah, hey, it's not talk- Tom Arnold doesn't need the time. Uh, Babysitter Seduction, January twenty second. What are you talking about? Uh, so this is a TV movie uh, starring. So I look only for tabloid reason. I want to include this because it it has Carrie Russell in it, one of her earliest roles. It's before uh, she started Felicity, uh, and and Stephen Collins, aka oh, the luckiest shit. guy in the world, because uh-huh. oh, Stephen Collins is so lucky that Bill Cosby happened because nobody <laughs> remembers him. What? Bill Stephen Collins was the father. So he was on Star Trek: The Motion Picture, the other captain oh. in Star Trek: Motion Picture, father on Seventh Heaven. Admitted oh, pedophile. Oh yes, okay. and uh, oh. and that was all over the news. And now nobody remembers it because a much more famous and horrible situation happened with Bill Cosby. Funnily uh, enough, this film co-stars Felicia Rashad. So, oh my wow. god. Uh, also for Friends, uh, last episode we talked about the one with the lesbian wedding. You also mentioned here the one after the Super Bowl. So first off, Super Bowl thirty, Ugh. Cowboys beat the Steelers twenty-seven to seventeen, Ooh. and this was the fuck the Cowboys to that point. It was the second most watched thing on American television of all time. Wow. Only the set, only episode of MASH, the last episode of MASH, wow. had beat it. Wow. At this point, I think if you look at the most, right now, if you looked at the top 10 highest rated programs right. in TV history, nine of them are Super Bowls, I think. And then it's MASH. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I think it's like a Jersey Shore recap. <laughs> <laughs> Diana Ross did the halftime show. Oh, I uh, remember that. And, she had giant but, hair. <laughs> and but it was this, really windy, and so her giant hair was everywhere. Uh, but this year... NBC decided to not premiere a new show afterwards, which had become the death slot of Super Bowl. Like, let's premiere a new show, and it fails. Instead, they're just like, what if we just had a big episode of our most popular Thursday night show? Good. And so it was Friends, the one after the Super Bowl, which... Is an hour long? Is it, a, it was a, yeah, a two-parter mm. shown both together. And it was like star-studded like you wouldn't believe. It had Brooke Shields as a crazy stalker of Joey Tribbiani. Chris Isaac as a musician who is uh, dating Phoebe. Julia Roberts says Julia Roberts pretty huh? much Jean-Claude Van Damme is Jean-Claude Van Damme and even Fred Willard and Dan Castellaneta all up in oh, there Jesus. Hey. and it was the return of Marcel the monkey who had disappeared from the show in this first season <laughs> it turned out he was starring in a movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme oh. which I think <laughs> I can't believe this it was like two weeks ago I was watching Sudden Death and now I'm on a date with Jean-Claude Van Damme can you beat up that guy can you beat up that guy? Sure. Well, what made you make the exception for me? Because Rachel told me uh, you were dying to have a threesome with me and uh, Drew Barrymore. But by the way, Drew has some ground rules. <laughs> yeah, so... The, Not so, terrible. So, that, what I was friends. hoping to read about this was that 
Jean-Claude Van Damme, there's, if you look up a mil- any stories of him on sets in 96, they're like, <laughs> oh, he was fucking this person or he was doing like, all these drugs or he was an asshole or all these things. None of that stuff was there. There were none of those stories of like, boy, they, they, it was just about them trying to write around his accent of like, can we write any line that'll be funny with him saying it? Did, and this maybe start like the star-studded post-Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. This, I, I just this happened was to a see... huge, huge ratings draw. I because I hadn't seen it since it aired. The stupid Malcolm in the Middle, like right when it be, first came out, it was never more popular than when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And they had a Super Bowl, end of Super Bowl, Malcolm in the Middle, and like. I watched it re- recently on accident, and it's like, there are way too many guest stars, and this makes no sense. <laughs> and, and, and like, holy shit, let's uh, camera swoosh to this scene that has Christina Ricci and Tom Green in it for one second. <laughs> well, and The Simpsons did the same thing. They the did, Simpsons but they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they did, mm-hmm. though they... It's in, the most expensive thing in that episode is Song it. 2. Uh, yeah, and so, I don't know, this also had... Uh, J- Julia Roberts was dating Matthew Perry at the time. That's yeah. kind of I can see uh, Chris Isaac's song. A Chris Isaac song would later be used for the first time. Ross and Rachel did it on the show, and uh, that Brooke Shields apparently so impressed NBC with this. They're like, "You should have your own show." And oh so God, suddenly, Susan the next year Susan would be because of her whatever Veronica's closet for life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I prefer it to, to that. Yes. And then in news, uh, Hillary Clinton testifies regarding Whitewater. Go- oh, yeah. I'm glad they closed the door on that and that never happened again. Yep. Never Hillary happened would again. never have to testify over something she's vaguely connected to ever again. Yeah. It is funny to just see these. Re- I, I saw somebody tweet this too, just like, it's it's Hillary Clinton's greatest hits in the news now. It's just like, hey, what about Whitewater? That's fucking 20 years ago. We talked about this. Like, What about the emails? What about yeah. your husband's dick? What, husband's dick! What about Benghazi? Did we deal with this? I thought so no. I'm like hazy because it's 20 years. I forget what Whitewater was even about. Me too. I, uh, I remember an SNL parody song. I remember song. It, oh, it being like omnipresent, yeah. and then I don't remember what it was. It was a bad investment that resulted in somebody's murder, I Somebody believe. was dead. <laughs> they said it was suicide. People yeah. thought Clinton killed him. And it was uh, it was some rental property in Arkansas, and yeah, it's, yeah. It honestly, like, the liberal media made me not. It, it worked hard to make me forget about it, yeah, so it, I can't it remember. Just, it sounded so so vague and low stakes. There's uh, built up by Rush Limbaugh is a big deal. A, a parade of celebrity music impressions sing the song to you about Whitewater. <laughs> we were to look it up. If you want Jay Moore and Adam Sandler era um, SNL impressions, I'm good. I'm good. Just saying, it's out there, people. If you want to know. Yeah, uh, yeah. The top line on Wikipedia is just began with investigations into real estate invest- investments of Bill and Hillary Clinton and their associates in the Whitewater Development Corporation. Didn't even need to read it, man. A Mc- failed business McDoodles. venture in the seventies and eighties. Uh, the term Whitewater is also sometimes used to include other controversies from the Bill Clinton administration, especially mm-hmm. those as Travelgate, Filegate, right. Travelgate. <laughs> what? And Troopergate. Hotmailgate. Oh, yeah, Troopergate. I forgot about that. Surrounding Vince Foster's death, uh, investigated by the Whitewater Independent Council. Is this what led to him trying to get impeached? No. No, that was just the scandal. They were searching for everything they could do. It was perjury. Him lying about getting head. Yeah, how dare he perjure himself in a civil case about a private relationship? (laughs) That is the worst thing a president can do. It's so bizarre. Not my president. The links they went to get him out of there. Uh, (laughs) We're a very liberal show. We're in San but it's just like just every time there's a Democratic president and a Republican Congress, they want everything investigated. You got a Republican yeah. president, all of a sudden, hey, you're unpatriotic. Yeah, man knows what he's doing. <laughs> Shut up. Don't question your commander in chief the next day. Hey, wait, hey, like he's that's, not my president. Yeah. Uh, for he music, was born in Kenya. 
Yeah. <laughs> and now, boy, if Ted Cruz, I never want Ted Cruz to win. But if the Canadian-born son of a Cuban uh, can get be president, then I'd say a guy who was born in Hawaii, they, like this birther stuff is the biggest. Even if he was born in Kenya, it wouldn't matter. Uh, okay. Anyway, music anyway. Uh, taking us out. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Mariah Carey. Still, get get her out of here. Oh. Mariah Carey, boys to men. Uh, we belong together. Is that the song? Oh. No, mm. no. Uh, I'll make love to you. And I know. We have to do the thing so where we all. Oh, baby, I know it's cold in heaven. Uh, <laughs> one sweet day. Mariah Carey one sweet in. day. Let my uh, love warm you. Fun fact, this day is number one until April 6th. God damn it! Uh, this show sucks! Shit. <laughs> but uh, this same week, two fun things happened. One, uh, 1979 was released as a single oh. off hey. of uh, Melancholy okay. and the Infinite Sadness. Uh, the album was 1995, but mm-hmm. the single was released this week. Uh, it's a great song. It's and the biggest single off that album. Uh, more than tonight, tonight? I think so. Well, I mean, just the, like, oh, I'll hear this in the yeah. car when I'm at my parents' that's house. That's true. Because like, what? Yeah. yeah, the other note I wrote was uh, this is one of those songs that a lot of alt bands did, where like Filter does take a picture, Green Day does mm-hmm. Good Riddance, and then the Smashing Pumpkins had this, and it's a little slower, nicer song that all the people who still hadn't said they sold out, this is when they say it was. Well, well the clip shows forever. I, I think I initially didn't like it either, because but like it's. Maybe mostly the video. It's 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 just driving Billy, around. It's Billy Corgan depicting the time of the of his life that I was currently living, mm-hmm. and nice. yeah, and how similar yeah. they were. And I remember my dad like was like t- asking like, "What's that song I hear on the radio now? This this nineteen seventy nine? Because I'm like, "Oh yeah," because for you this would be like meaningful because I wasn't born yet. Uh, and nobody <laughs> nobody ever talked to me about this again. My friend, a drummer. Gave me this huge lecture about how oh. complicated the drumming is in this song, and like demonstrated it on my body and blew my mind with the. Well, this is like song. using a, a computer, I think. Uh, and this is he, like he said it was him going down when everybody else goes up. I cannot remember. Again, do not contact me with any of this information. But if you know what I'm talking about, congratulations. Uh, because yeah, I remember like this was like a. Fuck you, fucker! Yeah, planes are gonna happen, man. It's John Cessna. <laughs> yeah, this ain't. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it has a looped drum beat. I remember that because there was something about the drums in this song that mm-hmm. people had kind of complaining about that it wasn't like a typical drum. I didn't know about it being more difficult, but mm-hmm. that it was a uh, like a loop machine or something like that. Features loops and samples that were uncharacteristic of previous songs. Yeah, that's all I see. Uh, but also, this that came out this week was the album "Wither, Blister, Burn, and Peel." Stabbing Westward. God, I was going to say Gravity Kills. I was going to be close. Oh, man, Gravity Kills. Don't even start. Um, so taking us out, uh, January 23rd will be uh, uh, Stabbing Westward. This was a song that, like, MTV was still very prominent in 96. Like, you would watch videos. You would stay up late, watch. I would record videos. And this is around, if you remember that laser time where I talked about the VHSs mm-hmm. that I had. This is around the same time. This is one of the videos I have in that block of we would wait for, like, oh, hopefully that Stabbing Westward video will come on. So uh, we'll be back.
Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. This is Diana's Classic Corner, where we look back even further into the past and see if there's movies that you should watch. Usually there are, because the past is a big place. 75 years ago this week, January 28th, 1941. Movie I can not recommend highly enough. Sullivan's Travels, uh, starring Joel McRae and Veronica Lake, directed by Preston Sturges. It's... If you want to understand the Coen brothers, you should probably watch this movie a couple times. First of all, it's where the name Oh Brother Where Art Thou comes from. It's about a director who makes comedies, decides he wants to be taken seriously, goes out on the road as a homeless guy. Wackiness ensues. It is charming. It is wonderful. Sullivan's Travels, please go see it right now. No, I mean stop this and go see it right now. I mean, no, no, now. No, get out of your car and do it. Okay, that's it. See you next week. Stay classic. Two separate worlds. One shadow, one light, where the difference between life and death is a few inches of metal. Metroid Prime 2 echoes only for Nintendo GameCube. Rated T for T. Boy, you are two kinds of crazy. From 20th Century Fox and Regency Enterprises. Ooh, a spa. Don't let me disturb you. Y'all just keep walking around naked and massaging each other in exotic halls or whatever. Get ready. That's my jam. That's putting stank on it. That's all that is. For the boldest. Hit the road, Grandma. Are you feeling me? Oh, you feeling me? I thought you would. The baddest. I was going to try to play the whole trailer, I, but oh man, there's still 30 seconds left of Big Mama's House uh, 2. Two. So that's not the third one where Son joins him? Yeah, they, that was a, a bunch of years later. But Martin Lawrence needed more money. I, like, I had to think about this reason. I was watching Do the Right Thing, and Martin Lawrence is in that, and awesome. Yeah. Uh, and he's been awesome in a few things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this sucks. Why did this happen to have to happen to Martin Lawrence? He's good in Bad Boys. Bad Boys. He's great These in Bad are Boys. the better moments of his life. Like, he's... Stuff Tracy Jordan does on Thirty Rock were things he did. Like that's that's chatting. That's who Martin Lawrence was. Like he's one of those guys that you look at. Like, oh, did fame drive you crazy, or give you access to too many drugs, but or also feed stress, the or to just, just just take everything? Who you is, just take everything for the money. Is that was well, it Chris Rock talking about? Like, just or does Dave Chappelle the second a black man gets famous, they want to put a dress on you, and, yeah. and like. <laughs> And, 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 that is also true. And I, 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 we were talking about that in context of like Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. uh, that Eddie Murphy is brilliant, the best. I don't care how cheesy you think it is when he dresses up as other people. That's awesome and funny, and very few people can do that. But nobody writes for Eddie Murphy. Studios mm-hmm. concoct things that they think Eddie Murphy will be good in. And like, I don't know, like Adam McKay writes a movie for Will Ferrell. And like right. it makes sense, and it, 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 we we all like it. Like there's no one doing that for Martin Lawrence ever. No, and yeah. and I think I wish somebody had because I do think he was a talent. Only now because because he's done a lot of he's terrible not shit. Dead. Uh, he's not dead, but like just revisiting. Like no, Martin was fucking funny. 
I think it, it uh, plays late at night on MTV now. That's what that's what that's that's how we're living. However, oh, if you want to like Martin Lawrence, don't look up don't why. Don't look up anything he's done. And definitely don't look up anything that his old co-star has to say with him about why you'll never see a Martin a Martin reunion because mm-hmm. and why his the woman who played his wife wasn't on most of the final season. When the woman who plays your wife is suing you for sexual harassment, wow. how do you continue with the show? Yeah. <laughs> It's an interesting question. Which yeah. that was like the catchphrase of the show. Damn Gina. Damn, Damn Gina. Gina. Yeah. And to me, she was one of the most attractive people of the entire 90s. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Gina. Mm. Hot stuff. Yep. You know what's wrong with uh, Big Mama's House 2 and why it fails? Why is that, Diana? No Paul Giamatti. Was That's he the first right. one? He's in the well, first yeah. one. You goddamn Ooh. fat fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking... God damn it! <laughs> uh, also, so that was number one, uh, or no? Sorry, Underworld Evolution was number one. Which you talked about last oh, show. No. Big, Big Mama's House Two is out this week, along with Annapolis. All right, Annapolis. I James, got stories. James Franco, Tyrese Gibson. So this film was not good, and nobody watched it or remembers it, Who except for the it? fact Justin Lin directed it of Fast and oh, Furious. Wow. Right. Uh, but it was famous because. James Franco and Tyrese Gibson hate each other, and it was because of this film, and they never worked together again. Yeah. And uh, surprise, the studios wanted seemed to want them to be a natural, <laughs> natural fit together. Uh, as Justin Lin said, "quote uh, There were a lot of issues when we were shooting, but we got it done. We made the film, and we and did it." That James Franco, oh, it's the military it not, academy. Yeah, thing. it's the military academy thing. James Franco is a very method actor, especially mm-hmm. then, and he's. He sounds almost insufferable, quite honestly. I like think he's James the Franco. Like, I do love him. If I think he's probably more fun on sets where he has to method being a stoner <laughs> or, be, or or sucking uh, off uh, Sean Penn. I bet he's a lot more fun on those oh, sets. Stop it. But anyway, uh, so in this film, though, James Franco is a dick who doesn't like Tyrese Gibson, and he took it to real off the set. Oh, and as Tyrese Gibson said. There's there's boxing in the film too. Those two characters box, and as oh. Gibson put it, I was always like James, lighten up, man. We're just practicing. He never lightened up. Holy shit! So he was full to on punching him, full on punching Tyrese during Whoa. the thing. Who is the obvious winner of any bout? It's Tyrese. <laughs> yeah, it's a Tyrese. The says, guy who works out in between every meal. <laughs> Tyrese says, "I respect method actors, but he never snapped out of character. Ew, Whenever oh we'd get God. in the ring for boxing scenes, even during practice, the dude was full on hitting." There there has to be a rule if you're playing a racist you can't be method uh, <laughs> meanwhile Franco took it up uh, Barry says says Tyrese is a sweet guy and I take full blame for any problems on that film if we had a bad experience making it I was probably a jerk had a boy Franco oh, wow. and, and then meanwhile how did he not get his nose broken like eight times though Tyrese <laughs> again Tyrese just Tyrese, meanwhile, said, I never want to work with him again. I'm sure he feels the same way. It felt very personal. It was fucked up. Wow. That's what he said in the Playboy interview in 2000. Don't worry about it, Tyrese, because I happen to know there's going to be a line in the new Fast and the Furious movie where a character says, you mean to tell me we have to? Elaborate stunt. You're going to have to deliver it. There's no one else who can do it. You can see which actor Justin Lin favors out of the two that he kept working with. Breath. So that's Annapolis. That's the only interesting thing about that. Film. Uh, also, this week is a movie called Wrist Cutters, A Love Story. Uh, I vaguely recall that. I don't know. And uh, do, yeah. uh, Golden Globes this week. Uh, which Nanny McPhee also. He skipped yeah. over Nanny McPhee. I didn't have that down. Oh. Uh, Nanny Let's McPhee. Let's skip over Nanny, Nanny McPhee. McPhee. 
What is Nanny McPhee? We need to look, figure out a way to get more uh, excited about the, it was the a new Mary, It was a new Mary Poppins for the for the o, for the OOs. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson yeah. as the All ugly right. Mary Poppins. That was her yeah. thing, and that she she had like in snaggle teeth or something. It took me years yeah. to realize I wanted to bang Mary Poppins. So I'm Angela fine with Lansbury's that. in that too. <laughs> I'm fine with yeah. that. God, she's beautiful. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we talked last episode about Brokeback Mountain, Walk the Line, and the Golden Globes. Uh, TV. Re- TV is really garbage this week, <laughs> except for the best I could find, though there's no good clip for it online. But so January 26th was the episode of Smallville from the fifth season called The Reckoning, which is not their usual Monster of the Week thing. It's actually like a divisive episode among fans because the episode starts out with... Clark, uh, Superman. Uh, it's, he's not Superman yet. That's the whole point of Smallville. He's giving people context. Clark Kent is hitting, is going to reveal his secret Kryptonian powers to TV show girlfriend Lana Lang and asks her to marry him. Then she dies in a car accident right after finding out. Oh no! So then, not unlike in the Christopher Reeves film, Superman turns back time to save her life. But he's told something will happen to somebody else if you do this, and Clark's like, "I don't care." Cut to later in the episode, his father has a heart attack, and Jonathan Kent dies, as Jonathan Kent pa usually Kent? does. Pa Kent yeah. usually dies in most Superman because of a heart attack. It's brought upon by attack. Superman who reverses the Earth. Yeah, and so they bury him in it, and so fans were like, many, I remember at the time, many fans were like, they should have killed Lana, Lana sucks, nobody likes her, and they just introduced mm. Lois Lane, who they know, know he's going to end, end up, up together. Yeah, and then meanwhile, they liked the character of Jonathan and Kent, mm. and so to get the, the fake out that Lana, the, they were finally getting what they wanted, like, Lana's dead, she's not going to be on the show again, yay! And instead to then be told, like, oh no, we just undid it, she's back, and Jonathan Kent's dead, and he's gone Pac Kent, who none of you will remember uh, as Kevin Costner in the most recent Certainly movie. Not. I, like, I Just thinking about that now, that, that happened. Yep. Yeah. Well, I saw and, I his, saw and his mother was Diane Lane, who's like <laughs> it's a bit younger than Kevin Costner. Uh, also, uh, SNL with Dane Cook on January twenty eighth. Yes. Oh boy! Yeah, and uh, Emily mm. Blunt. Yep, man, yeah. she's great. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is that episode or not, but here's a Dane Cook SNL thing. You know, when you're feeling good, you're feeling upbeat. Negative people, sometimes negative people, no matter what you put out there, they just want to snatch it away. Hey. This is like the most beautiful day I have ever seen. Yeah, I think I have cancer of the lip. <laughs> yeah. Man, I was... Uh, did he give us a super five after that? Man? I was so... I I can't even believe how into Dane Cook I was. Really? Like, uh, whatever the two-disc album... Yeah. Like, I... like. That came out not I don't long. I remember bef- what it's called. Yeah, retro- I remember listening to it in a field with a bunch of friends. Like retribution or something like <laughs> that. I don't remember. But like, it came out like mere month or weeks before I moved to California. Mm-hmm. So the very first flight when I buy family, buy Illinois, hello, complete uncertainty, and I have no idea if the job I have lined up will even last a month, a year. I have no clue. Everything I've ever known is now flying away at 300 miles an hour. Uh, this is what I was listening to was Dane Cook trying to like tear me up I'm so sad like it was so and then I was Eddie Gordo reference brought you back Eddie Gordo reference got me so good Uh, but yeah then I listen to it now and I'm like 
What? It like, does. Because it's all energy, yeah. man. It's that's, just, yeah, super yeah, high energy. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my problem with him. Like, I've seen some of his stand-up that I thought was pretty funny, and it's his delivery is too aggressive for me. Mm-hmm. I feel well, like he's what... mad at me, and he's, in, <laughs> he's insulting me mm-hmm. personally, but, but he's just telling a joke. It has nothing to do with anything. The funny, yeah. yeah, I remember his first Comedy Central special ends with him ripping his shirt off and going to hump a member of the, like a random yep. member of the audience. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I, I'm not a Dane Cook hater. I'm not. Yeah, like, yeah I, I can't. I can't even work up a hate. I just. I remember. Like, I was okay. I, at the time. I'm a huge fan of stand up. I'm listening to stand up, and for one brief moment, because of Dane Cook, stand up is important to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was very excited. I just remember being excited about that. Like I didn't care that I didn't. I don't care that it's Dane Cook. But we're all talking about stand up. We want to. We're talking about driving uh, seven hours to go see Dave Chappelle, which is not something. Most people would have done. That's me and my nerdy friends who would do stuff like that. But no, everybody wanted. No, to do now that. people are like Dave Chappelle's in the same city with you. Just did something like, eh, I'm good. Eh. Is it um, nine hours? Yeah, it is nine <laughs> hours, man. It's ten. And, uh, love it, uh, I love you, Dave Chappelle. I, Dave, but he was great in uh, Lu- the Louis episode with Dane Cook. Where yeah, they that just was awesome. Was, it's which, really good. Really which cool. again, I turned on him once I heard he ripped off Louis. I was like that he, and that it sounded more like he fucked up and just like. He didn't intentionally go like, "Oh, I could steal this bit from Louis." He was well, there's the just... clip of Louis talking about it. It's like it's not. It's a bit about having an itchy asshole. Mm-hmm. It's a very stand-up <laughs> friendly pre- like premise that everybody eventually has. And and he said like, and by the time he did it, I didn't do it anymore anyway. I don't care. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I remember that. And then he made an episode about that confrontation. Yeah. Um, and and that Dane Cook gets to be like in the right about it. Did you tell people I didn't? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, then the Dane Cook. The other thing I don't like about Dane Cook, just if I can complain about him, is that he would, he's he should be a bad guy in films. Like he's a douche. Like that's that's mm. the character. But when he would cast himself in film, he's like, oh no no, Dax Shepard should be the bad guy here. I should be the guy that <laughs> Jessica Biel falls in love with. Like, mm. but the, and that's fucking backwards, man. Like people don't want to see you get the girl. You suck. Be the bad guy. I, everybody wants you to be. Dax Shepard in Idiocracy. I wish I could give some kind of retroactive <laughs> yeah. Oscar for. Yeah. You like tits, money? We should hang out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I can throw out a complaint about Dane Cook that no one else is going to throw out. He overplucks his eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're too, women notice that kind of stuff. They're too shaped. They're, they're like like a woman. Well, yeah, yeah, but but that's against his whole persona. That kind of manscaping going on. That he's working out and shaving his chest on a regular basis, yeah. so he can wear tank tops when he performs stand up <laughs> on a rotating stage. Nobody noticed. Yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe also I did kind of turn on him slightly. Well, I didn't have that much pent up rage. <laughs> I, 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 I don't. A, I swear I don't. A he, breathless takedown of we, <laughs> like he had stand up in Madison Square. Garden, which never hadn't happened yeah. since. Yes, it has. Dice, sorry. Yeah, it hadn't happened oh, at sold that up. time yeah. since Andrew Dice Clay. Which, the if you Dice watch, Man? if you watch that Dice Man from MSG special, you're like this is a hate rally. Like this is, <laughs> like, this is just, you're just yelling at angry men who're just like, yeah, fuck yeah, fuck. It's scary. <laughs> That point where he's telling a joke and all of a sudden it's German and you're like, I didn't know he spoke German. <laughs> just that bit, Dice Clay's like, Why did I just scream the F word? It was, it was to make fun of Dice in those days. Dice sucks, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, ne- I'll never be able to truly, because like he says, like, I'm playing a character and like, he's not really that guy. It's not his real name. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, I actually have the. Uh... The other day, I don't know if you've ever gotten this. About uh, it was about two thirty in the afternoon. I got the itchiest asshole I've ever gotten on record, and I keep a record of my itchy assholes. 
May 14th, 1985, I had a very itchy asshole. <laughs> uh, Retaliation is the name of the album. Boy, it seems like we found a lot more to say about that. Well, that's because it's 06. Remember how he rose to prominence? Mm-hmm. This is just ending. It was MySpace. Uh, it was yes. that he, in, he enhanced his MySpace presence. And like before they even decided they'd be this fully social music focused thing. Like it's mm. where stand-ups got to tell people when they were in town without having to sign up for a newsletter on their shitty site that was designed once in 2001. I will definitely give him that. He was way ahead of the curve with that mm-hmm. stuff. Way, way, way. Way yeah. ahead of the curve. Way ahead of the curve of like getting his fans to come out and be like, yeah, you are my fans. You're the best fans in the world. <laughs> like, uh, news this week. Uh, <laughs> protests against Danish Muhammad cartoons begin. Wow. I, holy shit. Well, glad nothing came of that. Yeah, yeah. Surely yeah. no one was murdered in the street. Yeah. Yeah. This episode, man. Fuck. Well, it's, this isn't far enough in the past that we can just kind of shrug it off. No. Yeah, uh, no. This is still apparently an issue. Uh, it was less than a year ago that Charlie Hedbo thing happened. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, still this Danish cartoon thing was kind of I, bullshit. I mean, wait, I have this really badass drawing of Muhammad that I want to show people, but <laughs> well, I, just, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. No, what, what I think is bullshit, though, is not that people got offended, because it's fine to be offended. Not mm-hmm. because other media outlets decided, like, yeah, we're going to keep publishing them and pissing people off even more. It's that they got published months before, mm-hmm. and people just quietly were like, excuse me, we find that very offensive. And then the Saudis sort of whipped it up into mm. a big thing. Mm. And I think it sort of started from there. And yeah, a lot of people died. Yeah. Yep. And it's Jeez. like, that's just, no, that's that, that's not mm. how you protest. Do not riot. Please. Over a, well, yeah. over a, I, don't, I don't even know where Please. I stand on that. Allah does not want you to riot. <laughs> well, they also, like, this is, it's one of those things that is satire can be used as a recruitment tool just out of, removed of any context. So like, they can just show a drawing to people mm-hmm. who could be radicalized. Mm-hmm. And they say, like, see, this has no context to it. This is what they're doing to our religion. Yep. Don't you want to do something and join my cause? Like, that's that's yeah. something they do. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's same same with the Charlie Hebdo thing. It's like there's that fine line between satire and just being a total racist asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like, from what I've seen in the shit in their things, it's just like, yeah, it's a child's drawing of poo-poo on the wall most of the time. It's not much, <laughs> it's not much satire. That should still be published and nobody should die over it and yeah. it should be killed. But I also am not going to like give them a award. Like, you did the best drawing of a Syrian rapist I ever saw. <laughs> you made such a good point about how if that kid had lived, he'd become a rapist. Like, that's a great point, oh, France. Controversial like, take. Yeah. You can't kill racists. You can't do it. <laughs> no. You can't do it. <laughs> yep. <sighs> Brett, bring us out Fun of this somehow. Uh, well, that's the end of the show. Oh, God, really? That cannot be. That's we're done. Uh, we, we, uh, Kenny G have an album or something? Yeah, seriously. I, saw, I saw that on the list. Oh, well, oh yes. As far as music goes, uh, <laughs> no, it's no. There's, there's some alto sounds. There's very little. Uh, strangely enough, this week, uh, Duncan Sheik, Pod, and Kenny G all had new albums. I wish I was dead. Wow. This sucks. I hate that's everything. Weird. Two thousand number. So alive. Oh, that's that was before. That this. was way before. Six that. years. Uh, but uh, number one song is still Grills by Nelly that we played last episode. Oh, yeah. Just tearing it up. Uh, games. Oh, actually, this is important for games. Uh, the Los Angeles Attorney's Office sues Rockstar Games and Take Two Interactive over the hot coffee mod. Uh, yeah, that wow. was that was fucking just disastrous. I, oh man, quick about the hot coffee mod. I worked at Blockbuster when that happened. When mm-hmm. the lawsuit happened, that. It re ESRB reclassified the game as on, three, uh, on the Xbox as adults only briefly. And when I worked at Blockbuster, they're like, 
Now this is adults only, so we have to take it off the shelves. We can't rent it because yeah. we don't rent adults only games. And there's no there's no box with the AO printed on no, it. No, no, it just it, had to be. I, I, they I, had to send new copies to our blockbuster to I, just say that it wasn't. AO I remember anymore. this. It was it was pulled off of out of Best Buy's, which mm-hmm. I had worked at previously. I worked with that same corporation, uh, and it was like, oh shit, we're all sitting on collectors' items. <laughs> yes. All eighteen million of you are sitting on collectors' <laughs> items. Uh, yeah, so and that's and that, but it's the that bullshit era of like not really no, politicians not understanding the internet even slightly, or what a mod is, or whatever. the amount of difficulty that's involved well, in getting to the hot coffee mod yeah. Yeah. requires a, a vast knowledge of the internet mm. through which all manner of pornography is accessible. <laughs> and if you if your kid is, you have to dig deep and dark to find these. These these hacks in order mm. to do this, and you are probably very savvy with the internet. And if you should want to watch porn, maybe you don't want to watch Los Angeles flavored origami go at it. Maybe you <laughs> want to see the real thing. And like like, th- it was such a joke. Like that this was propped up as something corrupting the youth of kids. While I was watching streaming porn uh, <laughs> style media come, <laughs> come to prominence and how oh. easily accessible por- oh, yeah. video yeah. porn was. Mainstream media that moms watch and. GTA 3 and up yeah. have a not a very good relationship with them not really understanding mm-hmm. what games are like anymore. Oh my god, how many times did I hear things like, you score points by killing women. Nope. It's like, or you nah. beat prostitutes to death and you score points. like, nobody got points yeah. anymore. You can, and take, I know you can only take your money back. I know. <laughs> and, well, and then meanwhile, dudes like Jack Thompson just got yeah. rich off this. Like they did this at the time, and but it, yeah, and and also as as a whiny liberal who <laughs> finds nothing perfect and and can complain about anything, I didn't. It was another of those moments, like oh Hillary, and it was just like yep. Hillary got behind this stuff. I was like, come the fuck on, man! Yep. If this, I always felt like if this were Maplethorpe paintings or yep. uh, fo- uh, Maplethorpe paintings, photographs, You're, she'd be totally fine with it. And she'd be like, this is art. But when it's a video game, it wasn't and, just a medium I liked. It's like you're you're literally the politician standing up against. A form of expression, yeah, and like that's that's usually that's that's John Lithgow territory. It felt like somebody was in her ear telling her, like, you have to look tough on something. Yeah, like, it's like okay. it's like your base who who likes you doesn't care about games, and the people you don't have hate that there's sex in this video game. Yeah. So go after them. Yeah. Get but them. they also hate Hillary Clinton. Those yes. people, like, they, yeah. they would never vote. I wouldn't think they'd ever vote for Hillary. And Clinton. that's that's the bullshit about all that kind of censorship. It's like it's it's. Oh. Dickhead red meat for politicians mm. to go after easy shit like that and rally an idiotic base. And it's always the sex and not the violence. Yes, always the sex and not always. the violence. Always. And like, uh, like remember, America. like they're like these people are not even naked in the hot coffee mode. They are yeah. wearing clothing and and dolls, polygonal dolls, in a, <laughs> like no insertion, just reenacting sex positions. It's it's so harmless. <sighs> And yes, it's, it's, it wasn't accessible in the game. It was a mode they cut out because it really is silly and stupid. It's not good. And then like, I wish they would have taken out the weightlifting and the eating in that game anyway. And like it was just another facet of that. Uh, funny enough, the Rockstar guys, I think their reaction to this was, well, you can see it in later in GTA 4, there are hot coffee jokes mm-hmm. in it too. But I think one that gets missed, and I, I noticed this in an interview, it was mentioned in an interview with the, the Hauser brothers mm-hmm. who run Rockstar, that... They were being watched by the government all the time, and the government was like all up in their biz. And what comes out in 2010? But 
Red Dead Redemption, mm-hmm. which is about the gunslinger who has the government all up in his biz, ruining his life. <laughs> like, so I think I think that kind of anti-American government thing and FBI stuff in Red Dead was born of I, them being bothered over. I'm hot happy. Coffee. I'm happy that I was in the games industry from about this time to right now, and I do remember, like at the time, when working at Games Radar in 2006, I felt like we're very much. The mainstream is after us, and so are politicians. And that mm-hmm. I got to watch that gradually decline. I, I remember the no Russian Call of Duty mode, and like a game where you kill innocent civilians. Let's talk about this. And like the response of like, uh, my kids play Call of Duty. Like, <laughs> I, like I know what Call it's like. No, no one's biting on this as controversy anymore. Mass Effect and like Mass Effect sex like a year before sex like, box w- like yeah. had been major news, and it gradually became no news to where Grand Theft Auto Five came out, made no mainstream. Impression. Uh, there was or, like a blip for like a day, I swear, yeah. where someone was like, uh. and, and like I always, I, 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 <laughs> we I, all played. I have not finished it, but the character Trevor, everything politicians said, Grand Theft Auto did, and it didn't do. You're you're rewarded for killing civ- unarmed civilians. That never happened until Trevor. Trevor is and, like, and like Trevor is intentionally a, a, like a response to I think provoke. It, it's a doing what politicians described monster. Grand Theft Auto as that it never did. It finally mm. did do, and the media still it didn't care about it. It wasn't an issue anymore. <laughs> Congratulations, games are mainstream. Stop being so angry. True. <laughs> hey, so uh, good note to go out on. Actually, yeah, that's actually the end of the show. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, always appreciate a rate or a review on iTunes for thirty twenty ten. Uh, you can also check out VG Empire, my game music podcast. Uh, we'll have recently posted a couple of, another VG Mini, which was unlocked via our Patreon. Patreon.com slash laser time. It's yeah. how this show came to fruition. Yay. Yeah. Don't look too closely at those charts. Patreon changed some things. Yeah, but yeah, this is because of your guys' support. So uh, if you're donating, thank you. And if you're not donating, shame on you. Shame. Uh, slight shame. Shame. Uh, what else? What else we got? Uh, we got laser time. This week surely is a hot pop culture topic. You're going to swap <laughs> something in there, right? Oh, yeah. I'll, um, definitely, I'll definitely remember. Okay. It would probably be the X-Files this week. Yeah, um, well, uh, the X-Files returns to TV and we did an episode uh, we we will we will have recorded it and had a great time. <laughs> uh, but uh, we did have, we did put up an article uh, on lasertimepodcast.com where uh, Henry Dave Rudden hosted Cheap Podcast, a wrestling show, mm-hmm. and I uh, did an article about our favorite experimental X-Files episodes, the non-mythology, Ooh. usually non-mythology, and goofier, or you could call them gimmicks if you uh, were, to concept. were to go so far. Jose Which one? Jose Chung. Jose Chung. Oh, yeah. Chung. Oh, yeah. Jose My Chung. favorite. Bad Blood. Uh, X-Cops. X-Cops, things like that. Um, yeah, those are good. And there's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast I host every week, where you go over the new events in the world of comic books and give you an in-depth biography once per episode on a certain classic comic book character. And as well, there's Talking Simpsons, where if you like this, talk about what happened this week. We do that every week as we go chronologically through each episode of The Simpsons. We're getting deep into season two. Yeah, if you're a pop culture nerd, this happened like a few weeks ago, but Homer versus Lisa in the Eighth Amendment. Commandment. Command. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Eighth Amendment is later. I get it, um, but it's 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 such a it's a scathing look from a network show at cable, and it is so silly yeah. what The Simpsons <laughs> thinks cable is, and how far cable has come from its depiction on that episode. Yeah. It's hysterical. If you like this show, you'll definitely like that. And uh, my other half works at uh, Video Game Apocalypse, talking about video games and video game stuff. And I am on Twitter at Listening Nerd. Listening Nerd. Listening Nerd. I didn't say dot com. <laughs> Yay. Yay, I did it. So birthdays. Ooh. Uh, in this time frame, uh, which is January 21st to the 28th, I think, of mm-hmm. 86, 96, 06, 
Uh, in that range of birthdays are Alicia Keys, Ellen, yeah. Ellen DeGeneres, Rick Ross, right. Sarah McLaughlin, mm. Laughlin, uh, Elijah Wood, uh, <laughs> and we almost made it the whole show, Wrestler Seamus. Uh, <laughs> uh, Damn it. Uh, Seamus turns whatever. Uh, and now for your quiz. Guess. Okay. Try to guess. I'll get it. Uh, born in Columbus, Ohio in 1968. Mm. Bob Mackey. Uh, <laughs> No. Uh, January 22nd, uh, he began... Uh, 1968, you said? Yeah. Initially a, pro- a product developer for Stouffer's Frozen Foods. Mm. What? Food is the, op- no. is the important word here. Uh, has two sons named Hunter and Ryder. Oh. Is it... And Papa is best John's known guy? best no. known for eating food in reverse. Guy Fieri? Guy Fieri. Oh, <laughs> There's diners, drive-ins, and dives. Dives. Yep. Uh, and, and death. And how he's not dead yet is uh, mm-hmm. the real mystery of the universe. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, and happy birthday to all of you. Very good for being alive. <laughs> Taking us out, though, uh, we talked about San Andreas, which was a 2004 game. But given that uh, this week was when uh, the whole you know hot coffee thing got started... I want to take us out with uh, a little Juice Newton from San Andreas. We're going to listen to some Queen of Hearts. (laughs) Love that song. 